This is Quit, a podcast about change, challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, starting something awesome, and maybe even kicking your corporate stooge job to the curb. My name is Dan Benjamin, and I'm your host. It's Wednesday, December 23rd, 2015. The only reason that I mention the date, because these shows, as you know, are timeless, is because it's almost Christmas. It's a Christmas show. The voice, that voice, is none other than... The best voice. Hattie Cook. <laughs> welcome. Welcome back to the show, Hattie. Thanks. It's great to have you here. It's good to be. And thank you for preparing the sponsor notes. In such a weird way? In such a weird way today. I'm too scared to use the printer. That'll be one of our topics. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Fear of the printer. Is that a print, Let print, me make printophobia? Notes. Fear of printer. Fear of printer. You, you, I Listener know we feedback. talked. Uh, the guy, the duffer. 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 And uh, a couple other things. Do you try, while I, while I start doing the show, you the... try and remember the thing that, that I thought was so important. I went on and on about it for like an hour. Yeah, you and were like, I got this s- is going to be our... Maybe I wrote it down. Maybe I wrote it down. I got sick last week. Well, Hattie, here's what I want you to do as a thought experiment for you. We were driving in the car, returning from... We had to run out to a lunch meeting, and we were driving back to the studio to record. I was kind of getting sick at the start of getting the cold, and I was going on and on about something that related to driving. So this will be a little test for you. See if you can come up with it. But that's not what people are tuning in uh, to hear. They want to hear about something that will inspire them, something that will want to make them make them uh, do something amazing. That's what people tune into the show for. They want they want to get a swift kick in the butt and get straightened out about something. And uh, we don't we don't have the Ansible. I'm hoping that Eric decides to help out with the Ansible sometime soon. He's busy. He was even busy when he we was had even busy. dinner. Yeah. yeah. My, my multi-millionaire friend, Rags to Riches Story, Cinderella Boy, title. He uh, he came to visit Austin recently, and I mentioned the Ansible was broken, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we we got we to gotta do something about that, which is his way of saying, I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm not going to do anything you want, but nor should he have to. But, you know, it occurs to me, how little he has changed since he's become fabulously wealthy. He's still the same guy, still down to earth, down to earth, still wearing essentially just newer versions of the same clothes. And is that, is that your goal? Not you, Hattie, I'm talking to the listener. Is that your goal? What is your goal? When you start something, when you, when you want to start that new project, what's your goal? What is it that you want to accomplish? Are you pursuing something because it's your dream to do it and you really want to do it and you want to, you know, you're interested in it? Is it your passion? Is it because you feel like you're able to change the world for the better? Is that your goal? Is your goal just to be financially secure? Is your goal to never go back to that situation of poverty in which you were raised? Is it because you want acceptance, because you want to fit in, because you want, you feel so insecure that you have to, to, to buy friendships or in relationships with people? All of these, I think, are valid reasons. And really, you know, I, if you want to get all technical about it, I mean, any reason's valid. So I'm not judging. But when you start a project, when you go into something, you need to know what your goal is, what the reason that you're doing it is. You know, there are plenty of people 
teachers come to mind who are incredibly smart, frequently gifted, and they decide to embark in a career that will better the world one person at a time, small groups of people at a time, but that will never provide them with any kind of financial compensation to live a decent life. I know this because my mom was a teacher. And we never made enough money to get by, barely. And I mean, I'm talking about it, getting by from the standpoint of what we think of getting by in America. We were rich compared to most countries in this world. We were rich compared to most people in that I could afford new clothes. I didn't have to wear clothes from, you know, recycled clothes from other people. I was able to get new clothes once a year. And what my mom would do, don't, what, what do you say when, is it, is it a Texas thing, bless her heart? Is that a thing you say in Texas? Yeah. Say it, say it so people can hear it used correctly. Um, oh man, I don't know. Oh, bless her heart. You know, say it with your accent. Oh, bless her heart. Right. She would get me pants because I was not a very, very tall little boy. And she would get pants and she would hem them, but she would hem them instead of what you're supposed to do, mom, moms, is you're supposed to cut the material that's, that you don't need. You cut it, you cut it off and you remove it. You take it off the pants, you throw it out and then you hem it. What my mom would do is she would just fold it up the whole length of the pant. So there'd be a six-inch uh, hem on that thing underneath, and she'd, like, stitch through it underneath. And her the reason she was doing it is, well, when he grows, I'll just re-hem it. But you could see those hems, Mom. You could see those. But, you know, as I think about this, what what is your goal? I think about how important it is to really have a good idea of what the thing is that you want to accomplish. We've been talking about on this show and other shows about an app that gets acquired by Google or someone else, like um, Mailbox got acquired by Dropbox. And then, surprise, Dropbox eventually just sunsets the app, right? Closes it down, gets rid of it. And no one's surprised. And there's so many people who say, well, that's why I never used it in the first place, because I knew that it was going to get shut down one day, so I didn't want to enjoy it while it was here. That's dumb, too. That's like saying, well, you know what, I'm not going to, tonight when I get home, I'm not going to play with my kids, because I know eventually, Hattie, they're going to go off to college. So, so why know, play now? Why, why, like, have any time why with them now? Why get invested, Right. You know? I'm not going to invest in, like, yeah. a relationship with my kids. They're going to just leave anyway. I know it. Why would I use mailbox app? I don't want my stuff in mailbox. I don't want to like it. Because then if I, if I like it and they take it, then I'll be gone. Now, then I'll be angry. So I'll just be angry now ahead of time and not even use it. It's silly. It's really silly. But what was the goal? Was the goal of the mailbox folks to get acquired? I think I asked them that. And they I said, think you did too. They said, no, no, we... We want to build a great app and a great business. And it's, who knows what's going to happen in our future? We're just focused on building the best experience we can build. Well, guess what? 
if somebody showed up here today and said, Dan, you know that new podcast hosting analytics platform that you're building, that you just announced, that you're just launching? We want to buy it. My first response would be, well, I really want to build this thing into an amazing business. I'm passionate about this. I want to build a tool that podcasters are going to be able to use forever. Build something really amazing. And they slide that check across the table and it has like a $100 million figure on it. Of course, I'm going to sell it. And everybody has their price, whether it's $1 million or $100 million or 100000 Well, maybe the Dropbox didn't have their price uh, at all when, when Apple came around. When Steve Jobs supposedly said to them, you guys are a feature and we want you to be a feature in Mac OS X. And they said, no, it's interesting. I think there are a lot of people who would have been thrilled at the opportunity to go and lead development of something as important as that, whether it's a feature or more than a feature. I think that would be a great challenge, but they wanted to do something different. They wanted to do something different in business. But the fact is, when it comes to selling something, eventually, you might say no, but eventually there's, there is a number that you will eventually say yes to. That number might be pretty high. In my case, it would be pretty high. But you can't fault somebody for that, especially not if that's one of their goals going into it. They always used to have an exit strategy. Whenever you start a business or start a venture or start something, in the back of your mind, you have to be thinking to yourself, at some point, for some reason or another, I'm not going to be doing this anymore or I'm not going to want to do this anymore. Well, no, I, I've always wanted to run my own thing. I've always wanted to start my own business. I've always wanted to do something awesome. And you know what? Let's be honest. This, this, is, this is the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to do this for the long term. I'm going to do this forever. You're really not, though. And I'll tell you why you're not. Because right now you're 25 years old and you're, you're single and you're dating somebody, maybe. And you, you love writing code, let's say. You love designing. You love UX. You love spending late nights studying law, whatever the thing is that you're doing, whatever the business is that you want to build. You love that thing that you're doing. And you don't mind spending 8, 10, 12 hours a day, seven days a week doing it. It thrills you. It energizes you. And look at look around you. The people that you work with, they're 25 years old too. They love having fun too, except for the old lady back in the other room. She's in her early 30s. She's like really grumpy. She doesn't work the, the way we do. The old woman. Yeah, she doesn't hang out with us. <laughs> she doesn't come to our parties. We do everything together. We do everything together. We cook at, We do cookouts on the weekend. We bowl. We all drink the same whiskey on Thursday nights. We go out to the whiskey place, drink whiskey. We've got beards. Well, guess what? Eventually, your life won't be like that anymore. As hard as it is for you to imagine it being different, it's not going to be like that anymore. Maybe you'll eventually decide to have kids. Maybe you won't want to live in downtown anymore. What? I'll always live in downtown. It's where everyone is. It's where the people are. You're not always going to live in downtown. You're not. You're just not. The places that you look at as disgusting, gentrified, boring places will one day look to you like safe, fun, great places to live that will create amazing experiences and a convenient lifestyle for you and your family. The places that seem unreasonable to you right now 
that seem like way too much of a compromise right now will one day be the ideal goal that you will kick yourself for not buying property in 10 years ago. But what if you're already in that point? What if you're already there and you've, you've, you're in that situation already? Even the thing that you're starting now, you know better than to think you're going to want to be doing this for the rest of your life. I'm going to pick on my uh, friend Dan Cederholm, founder of Dribble. I created an amazing site with him called Corked, C-O-R-K-D. Talked about it before. Corked was such a fun experience and a fun site. And so much of it of that is because uh, Dan Cedarum is such an amazing visionary designer. But we built this site that was essentially a, uh, a social network for wine aficionados without being a snobby thing, without being the kind of site that, uh, that uh, uh, people with, uh, you know, two dozen, uh, three dozen years of experience tasting wine and, you know, amazing seller. We wanted it to be for like regular people who are like, hey, have you heard about this wine? I heard it was really good. Is it Central Coast? Yeah, you should go check it out. Try it out. We wanted to make it fun. And this is before the days of Facebook and before the days of like Twitter and social networks being around. We built our own and we got, we got, I don't know how many users, 40,000 accounts on it at one point. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And we had companies come in saying, we, we want to acquire you. We want to acquire your business. And for me, it was like, cha-ching, let's go. And, he, and, and, and Dan was very much like, you know, I don't know if I want that. I really, he's like, I, I, I don't know if I want to go and work for some other company. I'm like, but it'd only be for a year. You know, the founders only stay for a year. He's like, right. But like, I've built up this practice and I'm doing, I'm doing design for these other companies. And I really like doing freelance design work. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, you're not going to want to be doing freelance design work in five years. Where do you want to be in five years? You want to be doing freelance web design in five years. And he's like, actually I do. That's what I want to do. I said, really? Like moving from job to job and changing everything or always like looking for the next client. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I, I like it. That's what I want to do. For me, I was like, okay, like we built Corked and it was great. But I didn't know at the time how to take it to the next level, how to make it a really big revenue generating thing so that both he and I, or even just I could afford to work on it full time. We were at that very difficult, challenging point of like, it needs full-time work and attention to be continue to be great, but I can't afford to do that because it's not making that much money yet. This is when like you wanted banner ads and everyone was worried about like page views. And that's how, that's how a site like that would make money. We didn't have memberships. We didn't have any of that crap. I could have built all that if I'd been able to devote full-time stuff to it. But see, he knew what he liked doing. But what actually happened was he, he created Dribble. And Dribble, of course, wound up being way bigger than Corked ever would have been. But nevertheless, he stopped doing client work, didn't he? He stopped doing freelance work, didn't he? He went to focus on something that was, I think, pretty great. And what I see now looking back is Cork just wasn't that great. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't the thing he wanted to do instead of client work. I don't think that was short-sighted of him at all. I think he knew what he wanted to do at the time, but even what he thought he was going to do, even somebody with uh, as amazing 
talent reputation is him. He was thinking, yeah, in five years, I'm still going to want to do this. Well, it turned out that's not what he's doing. So you need to have that exit strategy. You need to know at some point, whatever the thing is that you're doing now, you're probably not always going to be doing it. I think there are exceptions. I think there are always exceptions. You never know, but you always want to have that exit strategy. You always want to have that in your mind that, you know, here's the way this could go. Here's how I'm going to get out of this eventually. Let me tell you about our first sponsor. It's Harry's. How, how do you, when, did, uh, when did shaving get so expensive? What date? Uh, the day that the very first razor was invented. I think you may be right about that. What happens is you go, and you know what? I was just, I was doing a little bit of uh, last minute uh, Christmas shopping. And I had to go into Target to buy some supplies, tape. Right now, Sitting across from me uh, at her desk, Hattie is uh, filling out the last few of our Christmas cards that we send out. Well, they're not Christmas cards. They're holiday season cards. Yes. Because uh, we, we try to be just celebrate the holidays and not, you know, tie it down to, to Christmas. We don't want to bog it down. So she's filling those out. So I had to pick some of those up. And while I was in the Target... I went down and I said, you know what? I know I got a Harry spot coming up on, uh, on, on quit soon. I better go and see what the status of things are. Cause I'm, I'm up here in my, uh, isolation tower of the Harry, Harry's isolation tower where everything is good and all the razors are sharp and you get quality when you pay for it. But listen to this. This is insane. This is insane. It's $500 for a single razor for one of these other companies. Did you know that, honey? Really? $500 per razor. Per blade. Per blade. So and if you each, get like a quadruple blade, it's like really expensive. A quadruple blade would be, uh, be $2,000. Wow. I'm not that good at math. So I recommend not even going down that island target. And instead, just go to Harry's, harrys.com. Because they make a really awesome starter kit. It is actually, they, they're naming, I don't know if you know this, Hattie, but they're naming it the Quit Starter Kit because it rhymes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to look at their site for updates on that. It's at harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S, harrys.com. The Quit Starter Kit, you get $5 off their regular starter kit, which is $15. So it gives you the razor, which is this beautiful handle, three blades, and you can get either their shaving cream or the foaming shave gel, which I like now. And you're going to get $5 off your first purchase if you use the code GRIT. How do we need to get them to update that to quit? Well, maybe in 2016. Maybe. Is it a year? We're stuck with the code for a year? For a full year. Are you serious? No. <laughs> well, anyway, it's GRIT right now. G-R-I-T. And that's going to get you $5 off on, the, uh, on, on, on their starter kit. You only spend 10 bucks for that. Best razors around. They're built uh, from a fa- by a factory in Germany that Harry's owns. They cut out the middleman and get you an amazing shave at a fraction of the price. Go check it out. Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S, harrys.com. $5 off your first purchase with the code GRID. Wow. Wow. That's a good. Now, how much do you think it would cost if I wanted to buy Harry's? How much do you think that would cost? They have. A, I guarantee you they've got a number. I guarantee you, 
if I walked in there and slid a check across the desk and said, listen, guys, I'd like to buy Harry's. They've got a number. And you know what? You can't blame them for that. Before I started the show, Hattie, I went into the restroom here on a lovely floor two of our building. And uh, I was standing there looking at myself in the mirror to see if I looked like a zombie or not because I'm so tired. And I made the mistake of taking off my glasses and looking at my reflection in the mirror. Blurry? Well, I mean, yes, but if you stand close enough to the mirror, I can still see myself. And I have these huge just bags under my eyes. I look Here, look. Look at that. Yeah, they're pretty dark. Oh my god. Do you god. see that? You're not you never see me without my glasses on really. Ever. Do you see that? Oh my god. Yeah, they're kind of puffy too. It's so like when you when you press on them, it's almost like it leaves a mark for a Do little bit. You know bit. the prostitutes put preparation H under that and that tightens the skin up. Google that. I'm serious. Learn something Go- new every day. Google that. You could also T-I-L. just buy eye cream. I know, but just Google that. It's like six dollars. I think they've got the prep H anyway, for whatever reason. And they found a second use for it mm. or third. Uh, Google that though. It's real. And no, I looked probably at, not gonna go. and I looked at my eyes and I thought I look so tired. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I wake up in the morning, regardless of when I go to bed, I wake up in the morning. I open my eyes early, like six every morning, sometimes earlier. Because I just, I, I have so much that I want to accomplish. I have so much that I want to do. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. How much? Four sponsors? Yeah. Oh my God. You have four next week too. <laughs> Finishing out 2015 right, with, with a bang. With a bang. And it's, it's, it, I just wake up. I wake up and my mind is going on to the things I want to do. Like for example... We just, I have to promote it because it's something I, I care about a lot. We just uh, launched the um, official beta signup page for our podcast hosting and analytics platform that we've been working on forever. It feels like forever. And it's called, I'm going to promote it. I don't like to do too much self-promotion on this show. Podcast method, I feel better about. But I just want to mention it here because I know that people here might enjoy it too. Fireside. Fireside, like a fireside chat. Fireside.io. .io. Should I put it in the show notes? Sure. So if you want to try out this platform, it's essentially a commercialized platform of what I have built for 5x5 that we have all been using here since 2009. It's that rewritten from the ground up with the goal of opening it up to the whole world. Because we need something like this. Now, if a big company came to me and said, you know what, Dan, we, we want to invest in this. I would say, yes. If a big company came to me or, you know, a VC company or something, I would say yes. And I'll tell you why. I'm very leery of the VC thing. I've had a, a bunch of experience with that. But in this case, I just want to be, there's, there's a reason. And that is, I really want to make this something that like everybody would be able to use. 
But I am very content not doing that at all. I'm very content letting this thing just grow organically, letting this thing grow user by user in a natural way and letting it grow in its own time and its own way. But I, I'm not one of the, well, I'll never take VC money. I'll never take investment. I might. But I also am very interested in building this thing as, as a business because I have absolute confidence in what I've built. Absolute confidence that it is one of the best, if not, to be honest, the best solution out there. I'm incredibly confident in that because I've used everything else and I've been using this and working on this since 2009. And specifically this version for you guys for a year. Now, I'm not telling you about this because I want all of you to, uh, yes, please go and sign up for it, right? But that's how I'm telling you about it. I'm telling you about it because I'm going through the same thing that all of you guys are going through in the same exact way and all the same feelings of like, what if I put it out there and it sucks or no one uses it or no one wants to use it and it just is a total failure. Like your butt, as Hattie would say, is hanging out in the, (laughs) flapping in the breeze, flapping in the wind. You're behind. Right. Behind. And it's a risk, right? Like, it is possible that no one uses this thing. No one wants to use it. Screw you, I'm sticking with Libsyn. Like, that can happen. I, I don't think it will, but, like, that's the risk. And putting something out there that you've built that someone else can look at and say, that sucks. Like, what would be the worst thing, you know? It's like walking out of the, the bathroom with uh, toilet paper stuck to your shoe. Well, I think it's also really, really scary just to put yourself out there really in any regard. And I think why people are so hesitant to put something out that, that they've made is because it's almost an extension of yourself. It's something that you've done and nobody wants to waste their time and nobody wants to waste their time on something, you know, that other people are going to hate. So when people hear, oh, your thing sucks, it's like, well, you just completely told me that like I've wasted my time right, for however like, long you've worked on it. Right. You know? <laughs> They're criticizing you and the thing and you your made time, and your time and the stupid everything. decision that you made to even right. do it. Right. Everything. They call that the trifecta. But you know, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I got I got to go work on the little site. I got to work up on the signups. And I have in my mind, like, oh, I got to have this. I got to list these things. I got to have these features listed. I got to do this other thing. And, and, and then my mind just starts going and going and going and going. I got a million things I got to get done today. You know, and then you finally get into work and there's a, a million little details, a million little catastrophes, little fires to put out. And by the time you actually get to doing the thing that, that you're going to do, you're like, now I'm too tired to even do that. I'm too tired. It's nine in the morning and I've been up for three or four hours and I'm tired. I'm too tired to even do the thing that I was obsessing about doing. Sleep is a weapon. Sleep is a weapon. But if you're like me, you don't, you know, you always hear, oh, uh, such and such a business person. They only sleep four hours a night. Martha Stewart only sleeps four hours a night. I was actually just reading an article today that, uh, the, um, the old, uh, not she's not old lady the person that used to run cosmopolitan she was like oh i only need like uh, under five or six hours a night and i'll work till like one or two in the morning and i'm like why (laughs) why i don't know i used to do that before i had kids and then that changed everything also i got older 
It's, it all changes when you get older. I think like for me, the turning point was like my mid thirties, which wasn't that long ago. That it just, all of a sudden it went from like, yeah, I'll do an all nighter to like, mm, I don't think, I don't think so. Seems kind of late. Seems kind of late. Like people will invite me to like a meetup or an like a thing going on here and be like, yeah, show up at about nine. I'm like, you know, I can do that, but I've been up since five 30 and I like had my kid at his school at seven 30 and I was at work at seven 45 and I, I don't sit much at work. I have a standing desk. So I've been like standing for like 10 hours at work and I did two or three shows and I've written, you know, a hundred lines, of really good code. And I've done three sponsor calls and I'm going to read a book to my kids and put them to bed. And I, I'm going to listen to that sound machine in their dimly lit room while I read Harry Potter to them. And that's going to be at about eight o'clock. And you know, maybe I'm not going to make it to your whiskey drinking meetup tonight, even though I really would like to go even though it would be really fun to go. I'm not complaining that that's a sacrifice, but we all have to make those sacrifices with our time. We've, I've made a choice, right? Even if it seemed like my kids just showed up one day, like how the heck do I have two kids now? How is one of my kids eight years old? That's crazy. But at some point I made choices that put me there, that put me in that situation as like a domestic dad. I'm not saying I regret anything. I don't, but like I'm, I'm there and you're where you are because you made those choices. I'm in here doing a podcast for you guys because of the choices that I made, even though I might not have realized I was making them at the time. And that's the challenging part is we don't always know when we're making a decision. One decision you can make, though, especially if you're like a small business owner or a freelancer, is to go check out FreshBooks. Best segue to an ad ever. Woo! You'll understand. Why we're yelling in a minute. If you are a freelancer, if you own a small, medium-sized business, invoicing stinks. You know what? That's going to be that. Send that up the chain, Hattie. Work that up the chain. Sending it now. Invoices, Invoicing stinks. That's going to be FreshBooks. Uh, slogan. I mean, they're going to have to run with it. But the thing is, the thing I want you to think about is when there's something that you don't want to do, like invoicing, you are going to procrastinate. I don't want to invoice. And if you don't invoice, you're not going to get paid. If you don't have a way to see what you're owed, you're definitely not going to get paid. And if you don't have a way to, to collect payments, you're not going to get paid and blah, blah, blah. Well, listen, do not fear, FreshBooks is here. <laughs> and they have made it their mission to create an easy way for people like us, people who make stuff, to send polished professional invoices in seconds. And they've even got a mobile app. You can do it from there. You can use your camera on your phone to capture like receipts. Like you went to a client meeting, you had to, you had to buy the steaks. Fine, take a picture of your receipt. Boom, sucks it up into FreshBooks. Create expense reports. I mean, all this stuff is built in. Invoice. And then when you send an invoice, like you're going to see when the client got it. 
Oh, we we uh, we never received your. Uh, sorry, we didn't get that. Uh, could you resend it? Oh, actually, you know what? Because I use FreshBooks, I saw that you got it. You got it on October second. Uh, Not only did you get it, but you opened you it. You opened it. You looked at the thing at two uh, thirty. All right. Well, let me see if I can push that through. Yeah, you push it through because if not, I'm going to increase it. I'm going to start uh, adding late fee. Well, and that's really, really important, I think, for um, for freelancers because you don't have a big company behind you to right. back they don't you have, up. They don't have a million dollars in the bank if they don't get paid this month. They're out. They're out on the street. They're out on their behind, as Hattie would say. So here's the deal. I went to FreshBooks and I said, listen, we got to come up with some kind of gimmick for these lazy listeners to uh, go and try this out. They're like, what do you mean? I said, you need to give them free. You need to give them free. And they said, Mr. Benjamin, whatever you want, whatever you say. Absolutely, yes, yes, the answer is yes. And I said, free for 30 days. They said, fine. Freshbooks.com slash quit. Enter the, the, the name quit in the how did you hear about us section. They actually have human beings who go through that. It's not an automated thing. They'll, they'll look they at it. They told everything. us that. Yeah. How did you hear about us? Fill in quit. Support the show. Let them know that you're listening. And go and get your 30-day free trial. Try it out. It'll take you like 15 seconds to get that done. It'll help the show and it'll help you. Freshbooks.com slash quit. So I'm staring at myself in the mirror. And my eyes, it's the bags under my eyes are there. Are these all, are they always like this, Hattie? Is this what I always no, look like? No, it's just worse now because it's like the end of the year and it's all that regular stuff. So it gets worse at the end of the year? I think so. Why? I don't know, because it gets crazy at the end of the year. So my eyes like respond to it, it being crazy? The crazier it is, the darker your eyes are. <laughs> oh. You know, there's so much I want to get done in a day. There's always so much going on. And everyone has this problem, though, don't they? Got a few emails I'm going to get to today. But before I do that, I want to tell you about the, the duffer. You think that now is a good time to talk about the Duffer? Yeah, because he's in there on the call right he's now. He's doing his call right now. So I, I think we talked about it on the show, but we have an office. So our, our first office, we were at a place here in town called the Tech Ranch, which is like a co-working facility. And they have since moved to a newer building. But the old building that they were in, we had these two tiny little offices next to each other. And one of them had all our audio equipment in it. And the other one was like, our desks with our computers and stuff like that. So that way Hattie could be doing a sales call in one room or talking to the intern and they could be working, doing their thing. I could be in the other room recording, 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 recording. But we kind of outgrew that. And we also didn't like sharing, essentially sharing all of our space with strangers who are coming in and out all the time, who are all decide to then have a a loud conference call just in the hallway on their, on their iPhone. Yeah. On speaker. A lot of guys with uh, flip-flops, chip toenails. Oh, there's so many toenails. It's really gross. Uh, Who does that? You're at work. Just a closed toe shoe. You don't even have to wear like dress shoes. Just no toes. I don't understand this. I don't understand what guy. And here come the emails. I don't need your emails. I don't need your tweets. I'm saying this to you. What guy wakes up? I'm not talking about, and it's always guys. It's always guys. Well, also, if a girl's going to have her feet out, her toes are going to be done. You know, I mean, I'm sure that there are exceptions. We talk about exceptions to the rule title. But 
I'm sure that there are plenty of women, Hattie, who don't take good care of their feet. Uh, there are plenty. <laughs> I just, I, I think, I think you're making a generalization that is correct in that more women will be taking care of their feet than men. Correct. And what guy wakes up and says, you know what? Today, just just these beat up, old, stinking, disgusting, flip flop sandals. That's what I'm wearing to work. That's how I've talked so many times on this show about how important it is to care about your appearance, not because you're vain, not because you're trying to pick up girls, not but but because the way that you dress and the way that you care for yourself that is going to directly influence how you feel about yourself. It's going to directly influence if, if, if you, I, and I've told this story before, a friend of mine who was a writer, he, he was living in New York, I think he's still in New York. He was writing a book. He was alone in his tiny New York apartment. He would wake up in the morning, he would shave, he would shower, he would get dressed in a suit and a tie, and he would sit down at his desk by himself with no one else there to write. And he would write for X number of hours and then he might go out and meet someone for lunch, do something in the evening. But that was his routine. And I said, you're nuts, dude. Why aren't you in like t-shirt and sweatpants? He's like, because I'm, then I won't be professional and I won't take the work that I'm doing seriously. I will treat the work that I do and the world around me and the things I make with the same careless sloppiness. Or the laid back relaxedness of being in your pajamas. Right. And you know what? It's perfectly okay to be laid back. It's perfectly all right to be relaxed. But there is this aspect. There is this thing. And I want you all to try it. When, especially if you work from home. Instead of what I used to do. And of all, believe me. I'm right. I was right in there with all of you. And I never had like disgusting chip toenails. I always wore a closed toe shoe if I was leaving the house. I'm not an animal. But I would wake up in the morning put on, you know, a pair of shorts or sweatpants and a t-shirt and just go up into my hole and start reading, you know, the attic. I had like a converted attic and I'd go up there and that's where my computer was. And I sit down and start writing code, drinking coffee, writing code, reading emails. And all of a sudden I look at the clock and it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't eaten anything. I haven't showered. I haven't done it. And, and you know what? I said, I can't, I can't keep doing that. So I changed up the whole game, even though I was working from home, even though I wasn't going to, you know, see anyone but my wife, I'd wake up in the morning and whether you go for a walk or something like that, or even if you don't do that, just go take a shower, get dressed. I think the idea of putting on a suit and tie may be extreme, but put on real clothes. Shower. Just for me, even just showering, if I'm working from home on the weekend or something, like I will, if I'm showered, my brain is is on now. I right. can do things. Shower, get dressed in something presentable and get to work. And you, I guarantee you, your work will be better. I'm not saying put on a tuxedo, it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm saying put on some real shoes when you go into work. Well, we're a laid back place. Like, I don't want anyone telling me, like, I'm not working at a place to impress anyone. Listen. Oh, and there was something I was reading Somebody had a post, Hattie. This is an article on startupmuse.com, site I've never heard of before and will probably never visit again. 
title is Should Your Startup Have a Ping Pong Table? Now, the person who writes this article is, I think, known as Alexander because it's called Alexander's Column, Alexander Muse. Now, it seems like Alexander Muse is a very successful person from the standpoint of business. Is Muse's last name? On this site, it is. But here's the, so, so listen, he's got things figured out and he's probably got more figured out than I do. I'm not knocking him. But listen, listen to this question that came in. He has this question on Quora. Here's the question. I'm a 21-year-old CEO of a startup with eight guys. My developers sometimes spend all day at the ping pong table. How do I handle this? I'm also a tech guy. I've never wanted to be the CEO, but my co-founders and our investors, friends and family, think I should try to be the CEO for at least six months before trying to bring someone in. I think I'm doing a pretty good job in several aspects. We will probably break even next month, but I don't know how to handle situations like this one with the ping pong table. So Mr. Muse says... My advice, buy the very best ping pong paddle and start playing with them. You might want to get a few more ping pong balls too. The ping pong table is not your problem. He continues, I've been a 20-something CEO, a 30-something CEO, and most recently a 40-something CEO. I feel your pain. I've tried running startups with a ping pong table, without a ping pong table, with an Xbox, without an Xbox, with a foosball table, without a foosball table, with a bar kegerator, without a bar kegerator. You get the idea. My advice is to stop worrying about the ping pong table. Let it go. You suggest that your team is actually executing fairly well, achieving break-even next month. Congratulations. The real question you should be struggling with is whether or not your team is actually executing in the top 10% of startups. Conventional wisdom suggests that 90% of startups fail, so you better make sure yours is in the top 10%. If your team is executing, keep, keep doing whatever you're doing. Let them play ping pong whenever they want. If they aren't executing, I can guarantee that the ping pong table isn't the real issue. The real issue is far is likely far more complicated and harder to fix. Most developers who choose to work for startups, as opposed to established companies like Google or Facebook, are there to build something great. They bought into the make a dent in the universe thinking, made so famous by Steve Jobs. If your team is failing to execute, deciding instead to play ping pong all day, I bet they don't feel like they're making a dent. And he goes on to say that your job as a CEO is to inspire your team, to motivate the team, convince them that what they're doing is important. And he says then, telling them to stop playing ping pong will likely just piss them off and make it more difficult for you to lead the team. He talks then about how, you know, he has been in the same situation where the developers were writing their code. Maybe they were doing it at night, in the dark, you know, or early in the morning. They were coming in and just sort of looking at the workplaces to hang out. I would like to just stop right there yeah, and say, I, first this of whole, all, this whole thing, Mr., maybe Mr. Muse, I don't, I don't know who he is. He's okay with being mediocre. I can tell you that. I don't know. Right but now. I don't know about that. Let's just assume Mr. Muse is, uh, is, is the best VC startup guy in the whole world. And he knows more than me. Fine. I have a different whole philosophy here and this is the philosophy. Okay. And this is, this is not at all compatible with what these startups are all about. But I would ask the guy, the 21-year-old CEO of the startup with eight guys, why do you have a ping pong ball right now? Why do you have a ping pong table to play with the ping pong ball? You're just starting. You're in your second right. month or whatever. No one should be playing pinball. You're in ping your ball. first six ping months of a startup and you've <laughs> already got a ping pong table. What's wrong with you? 
What is wrong with you? You have friends and families who have invested their money in your thing and you spent that money on a damn ping pong table? You're nuts. You should not be the CEO. You should fire yourself. Can you believe this guy? I bought a ping pong table for my eight guys. That's You know what? You want to create a corporate culture? That's fine. Make some money first. Talk about not having the fear. You're using your friends and family's money to pay guys and they're playing ping pong. Fire all of them if they're executing or not. Those are not the people who you want in your company for the long haul. Right, because if they think it's already okay to slack off now in the second month of your company, then, oh my God, like in five months, it's going to be a nightmare. And you facilitated it by getting it. That's you saying it's okay if you slack off or take time off to play ping pong. It pisses me off because you're wasting your mom's money. You're wasting your dad's money on a ping pong table. It's just, it's outrageous. The ping pong table got there somehow. Oh, it was there when we moved in. Then you should have wheeled it out into the hall. Or you could have done something really, really fun and really motivational with it and put it in the corner or not bought in ping pong paddles and say, you know what? When we cross the $100,000 mark, then we can bust it out. I love that. But what you know what? Until idea. then, until then, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a frame. You know what? I'm gonna do a whole thing. I'm gonna frame it in glass and say, and you smash break. the glass. Yes, yes. Uh, when you when you cross the sales mark. But you know what? I love that. You just put it out there and you said, you know what? It's fine if you slack off. That's what that says. That ping pong table. You know what? Don't kill yourself working on this thing that I'm. We're starting. here to have fun, and that's, right, that's what this whole thing, thing, thing is. Lactation rooms. We're here. To, <laughs> we're here to have fun, Hattie. We're here to, we're, no, we're not too serious. That's how you attract talent. That's how you keep talent. You let them know that they're like in a fun place and whatever. Yes, that's one way to attract talent. That is absolutely one way. You have an amazing cafeteria, or if you're Twitter, you have three amazing cafeterias. That and that's how you are not retain, in. right. <laughs> that's how you retain the talent. That's how you get it. Look at, look at our view. Look at our coffee bar. Look at our lactation room. We, have, we don't have one ping pong table. We've got 50. We've got a floor just ping pong. The whole <laughs> floor is one big ping pong Instead table. Instead of floor six, it says ping pong floor. I mean, like, I get that. I get that. I really do. I really understand that there's a reason that people feel that they have to do something like this. And maybe I've got it all wrong. Maybe I'm old fashioned. Maybe I'm just old that I feel like people should go in and get rewards for doing something. You don't reward them beforehand. This is that whole, no offense. Hattie, no, 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 no. I trust me. I'm on millennial, m- millennial BS participation trophies. You know what? I'm going to let my kid run out there and if hopefully they don't fall, but if they fall, they're going to fall and they're going to get up and they're going to say, I'm going to say to them, what were you doing? Oh, I was running around. Were you looking where you're going? No. Next time you will, right? Yep. Now they're not going to fall again. But if I'm hovering over them, if I'm giving them a trophy just for showing up, no one's getting a trophy just for th- for showing up in, in my family. That is not what you get a trophy for. Well, also, you get a trophy for winning. And you know what? If you don't win, it's okay. I never won when I was a little kid in sports. I never got any trophies. And it propels you, you to try harder now. I'm going to try harder now. <laughs> And I'm going to find what I'm good at and I'm going to win at the things that I am good at. 
Well, and, and you know what? If oh, you're, well, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a trophy case full of trophies that I didn't win. Right. Why? What did you do? How? What'd you get? The, oh, you know what? Come and look at my trophy case. Oh, I have a trophy case too. Really? Yes. We Everybody the has the same trophies because we all just showed up. The ping pong table, Hattie, is a reward. Yeah. And if you're executing into why? Oh, we're going to break even next month. Well, congratulations, Mr. Muse says, congratulations. I don't say congratulations. Actually, you should be ashamed of yourself. Because if you're breaking even, but you're playing ping pong all day, imagine what you'd get you get done right. if you weren't playing ping pong all day. Right. You'd probably double everything that you're doing right now. Oh, my God. Let me I tell know. you about Casper. Casper mattress. I love cat. These guys have been asking where this spot was, too. I know. Where's this? When's it going to drop, Dan? I had a cold. I'm so sorry, Casper. I had a cold. Well, and you and know my what? Vo- my voice sounded like this, and I and couldn't you yeah. Also, j- before we do the spot, uh, uh, a, a, a listener on Twitter is just tweeted you and me and said, is that Casper thing really that good? I'm about to buy one. Okay. Who is it? Who is him? Uh, call him out. Can I call him out full Twitter handle? Call him out full Twitter handle and reply to them and tell them to use the code, uh, go to Casper.com slash grit and use the code grit and they'll get $50 toward any mattress they purchase. Chris K. Leslie, we are replying to you right now. I should tell him to listen right now. Yeah. They're, they Casper makes amazing premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. They have completely busted up the industry. And instead of having like showrooms and people to work in the showrooms and all of that nonsense, you just buy it right from the website. What? Buy a mattress from a website? How do I get to lay on it? Flop around on it. How do I know if I like it? This is the cool part. They send you the mattress and you get to have it for a hundred nights. Sleep on it for a hundred nights. Chris, you you have a hundred days to decide. Chris. Don't take my word for it. Just order the thing. And if you don't like it, they come and take it away. Well, how do they ship it? Here's the cool part. It comes in this rectangular box. So cool. And you open the box and they give you like a little like a letter opener kind of looking tool and you and you cut the side of the bag and the whole mattress just like opens up like that and inflates, breathes the air. And then you have this amazing, amazing mattress. I love it. It's better than mattresses that I've spent two, three times the cost on. These things are super affordable. Five hundred bucks for a twin, nine hundred all the way up to nine hundred and fifty for a king. I I would like to see you go and find any mattress of this quality for this price, you're not going to do it. For a king-size mattress, you're going to spend for one that feels this comfortable, you're going to spend twice that, three times that. Try it for 100 nights. Free delivery, painless returns, risk-free. So go to casper.com slash grit, G-R-I-T, and you'll get $50 toward any mattress you purchase there. Terms and conditions apply. I was talking to my sister-in-law. She came to visit for the holiday and uh casper is gonna sponsor some of my, little, my son my eight-year-old son has a podcast and they said oh, well, you know they want to try sponsoring that again and, and she's like casper it's like what's that it's like the ghost I said not the ghost the mattress company casper.com <laughs> slash grit that's what they're gonna have to run with another slogan i'm on fire today not the ghost hattie can you send that work that up the chain yep Sending it out. You're not even writing anything down. You're just looking at me. Oh, stop it. (laughs) It's a good thing. Not the ghost. That could be their whole slogan. 
It's a ping pong. I know. It makes me angry, too. Because I've, whenever I've been at those places that, that have, uh, he just, this is the follow-up to the Casper. He just said he's ordering it right now. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Um, whenever I've been in those places, we, first of all, here we have like, we have a television, we have an Xbox that's not plugged in and, you know, other I don't. What other kind of fun things do we I have? Got a, here? I got a really awesome turntable in there. Yeah, you do. Are you leaving that here? Uh, I want to take it home, but I'll probably leave it here for a little while. Okay. Well, uh, so we have a, a cool turntable too. But I've never found a time when I can even stop. Not only to go to the bathroom or eat lunch. When am I going? But see, you're to stop? Over, you're on the other side. You're yeah, I know. overworked. Yeah, you're overworked. We're both overworked. I just, I feel like there is, there is an initial challenge when you're starting something, when you're working toward getting break even, if your goal isn't profit, if your goal is break even, you should not be playing any ping pong. I'm sorry. You're setting up the wrong corporate culture. And once you set up a corporate culture, it's darn near impossible to change it without people getting upset. Well, why why'd he uh, why do you take the ping pong table away? This is the beginning of the end. I got to get out of here now. He took it away. We used to have a ping pong table here. Now we don't. Now we don't have a ping pong table anymore. So I think I think that the writing's on the wall. Ship is sinking. Titanic. Let's go. Go to another place that has ping pong tables. If that that's not the kind of people you want working there, you want people working there to understand. That they're working towards something. That they're in at the ground floor of something. That they're creating something that could be huge. Oh, you know, we never talked about the Duffer, Hattie. I know. We were building up to it and then we never talked about it. So we were in the tech ranch and then we found another office and we found another office and we found this one. And I hate moving offices, but I think we finally found one that's going to work. The problem, though, is there's a really thin wall between us and our neighbor in, in the office part of this office. We kind of have like, there's like an entry, pl- an, an entry way you come in an entry area, an entry uh, room and a staging area. It's very yes. small, yes. but it's a, it's a staging area. Like that's where, you know, you, you kind of shunt people from there into the next area. Then there's what I would call a very large walk-in closet, which is where we are now recording. Would you call this a very, this is not a meeting room. No. What is this? Is a, cl- a storage room? This is a storage a room. I don't stor- know what they used it for before this, but it's not. It's not large enough for a for a medium sized desk. We have two. No windows. No. This is an interior room. Interior, this is where we would go room. if there was a tornado. I would. No, yeah. no windows. No glass. Well, maybe I would that not want to be in here if there was a tornado. I'll tell you that much. No. And then the next room has windows in it, and that's where our desks are, where we work when we're not recording. So, when you're in that room, you can hear the duffer. And the duffer does these conference calls, and he does them at, uh, at 6 p.m., usually. It's like a- any time after 3 is like that's when, that's when the possibility of a conference call might start. Right, but it seems like every Tuesday at 6. Yes. And uh, so, last night, we were, we were sitting here working, no ping pong table. And we hear he goes in his adjacent room and... 
and I think he's got his computer cranked up like all the way speakers turned all the way up and you hear the terrible Skype dial and you hear the do do ring yeah the terrible Skype ringing sound and and then he's on his conference call and and uh, his conference call they've got one person in in uh, China they got one person in either Sydney or maybe you were thinking New Zealand I was thinking New Zealand and uh, and then they got one person in uh, some other place and we figured out why they're doing it at that time because at 6 p.m. here is 8 a.m. China time. Yep. And it's like it's afternoon like, for other people. Yep. So that's why they're doing it at that time so they could speak to, to, uh, to China. China. I love China. China all the time. And they, uh, so, <laughs> so we hear this, this incredibly loud call. But, you know, this is a kind of a challenge that you have. Like, this is what our office is. And part of being in this office is we get to hear the duffer in there. Oh, how's everyone doing? Let's talk about the thing. And also now we come to find out uh, we have a little microwave and a little toaster oven here. <laughs> and if we use either of them, not just at the same time, but either at all. Either. And, yeah, and we have a mini fridge and a coffee maker, too. Those are the, those are the things that are plugged in. Right. And we've discovered something horrible. That, and these, they're on different rooms, in different rooms, and different walls of different rooms, mm-hmm. that if you use either the toaster or the microwave, the breaker will trip and will lose power until Noe can come out and turn it back on. Thank, shout out to Noe. Noe! Noe comes out and he turns it on. Then he told us that the cleaning woman can also turn it back on. Erica. I think that, is that his wife? I don't know. He had to think about her name for a minute, so I'm going to say maybe not probably his not. wife. You usually know your wife's name. He went, uh, yeah, he went like that. How come good. when I asked you right away if it was his wife, well, you said, I think like so. Was, well, I don't know. Sometimes you can't remember the names, you know? It's fine. But, you know, like, so we're, ta- we're trying to get him to put a different circuit or something in here so we can use a toaster. Yeah, everything's on one circuit, apparently. See, I we have a toaster. Maybe I should have got a ping pong table. That wouldn't take any power. Not uh, no need to plug it in, you know. And I, Unless I, I feel like LED. I feel like there's there's a problem if you have a ping pong table and people are playing ping pong, and the guy's like, "Well, if they're still executing, then get out of their way. They're doing great." <laughs> like I understand, I understand that. Like I totally understand that. It's almost like don't don't hover over your employees and be like, "You guys, you're playing ping pong," and they'll be like, "Well, you put it out here." But dude. again, it, it's 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 like when Jason and Liz left hannah alone with a trash bag a plastic trash bag filled with chicken bones hannah of is course a dog yes hannah's a dog not a child not a child <laughs> hannah of course ripped open the thing and chewed on the chicken bones and when they came back guess what was covering the entire floor of their entire kitchen yes chicken. everything that was in the trash bag all <laughs> over the floor and the dog vomiting up the chicken bones like, yes. Why? Because it's a dog and you left a chicken bag bones. out with chicken carcass in it. Right. Like, right, yes, you can't get mad at the animal. You can't get mad at the that. animal. No. That's, That's natural dog behavior to do that. Well, we let, we put a ping pong table out and gather the guys are using it. Like, yes, they're going to use that. And you know what? They might use it because, well, hmm, I've got a little bit of a code block right now. I got to think through my algorithm. Well, you know what? Best I'm thing thinking to do, through, take your mind off it. I'm thinking through my algorithm too. So am I. Let's go play ping pong. We'll take <laughs> turns. 
Yes. That's that can happen. But you know what else? You can also go for a walk. You can also go to get a cup of coffee. You could, you know, listen like, to a podcast. <laughs> let's get to profitability first. <laughs> right. Then we'll get all the perks. I the, just don't, the, I don't the get fact it. that also the fact that he hired it. employees that are okay with being like, you know what? Even though we put a ping pong table out there, and I know we're in our first month, I'm just going to go play a little bit. If that's happening, be worried for the future of your company because you want people These that are like- These guys are not scared. Dude, you know what? Guys, I've had the ping pong table out here for two months, three months now. We're killing it. And you're not even, you are not even using it. You guys deserve a break, mandatory break, and then have everybody go and play and take a break because they deserve it. Like, that's what you want. This episode is brought to you by Linda. <laughs> the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. No no courses that they have, I think, are on pinball, though. Or or ping pong ball. Pinball or ping pong. <laughs> ping one. pong ball. Ping. Ping pong, pinball. Pin pong now, ball. <laughs> I, I would actually say it'd be all right if you had a, a pinball table. And I'll tell you why after after this break. Say thanks to Linda. L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash quit. Go there and you will get yourself a free 10-day trial. Lynda.com slash quit. If you go there, you'll get that trial. You'll have access to all 3,000 plus videos. You can learn amazing things. The way these videos are set up, you can jump right in and you can learn one specific, oh, you want to learn how to do this thing in Excel? You don't have to watch their hour-long course on Excel to just find that one answer. Oh, they have transcripts for everything. You can jump right to that section, watch that one section and get out of there and watch the whole thing when you got time. You want to become an Excel pro, like fine, whatever it is, but it's not, of course, it's not just Excel. They've got every application around. They've got things that don't even, aren't even based on uh, that. They, like they've got courses on negotiations, courses on uh, proposal stuff, like start to finish. It's amazing what you can learn especially in your free 10-day trial where you got access to everything. You'll thank me for this, I promise you. Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash quit. And do me a favor. If you haven't been to Linda in a while, you've been there before, you haven't been there in a while, just go to that URL. That shows them that we're listening. You're listening, rather. It lets them know you care about the show. And, and you know what? You may just go there and realize how cool it is and want to sign up and get your free trial. So lynda.com slash quit. Go check them out. Thanks very much to them for supporting this show. Oh no, I'm upset. I'm upset. It's upsetting. There's an email I wanted to read. Find it for you right here. Did you did you change the order of these? No. I'm over here. I haven't touched them. Alright, I'm gonna read this one. This one's from Tom. My situation is compelling me to start a business despite the fact that I do not want to own my own business. I am a bread baker. I am one of the few people who gets paid to do what they love. I am very lucky. Unfortunately, I am back in my hometown for family reasons. There's effectively only one bread bakery and I work there. The baker is, bakery is incompetently run, filthy, and my manager is dangerously crazy. <laughs> She attacked a fellow employee oh. and had to leave, but has now been rehired as a manager. Oh, and she particularly hates me. 
wow. obviously I have to get out, but there's nowhere else to work. So I'm considering starting a bakery. I can afford to, and it would cost very little. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I can afford to, and I have reason to hope that I might succeed. I would only sell at the farmer's market, and I could bake out of my house. So the operation would cost very little. As I get more serious about the idea, it's very exciting, but I keep thinking of something that I heard you say once. You said that the only way you could start a business was with complete commitment. You'll fail if you try to start something on the side. My situation may be a little different, but I took your caution that starting a business is a very demanding affair. Am I doomed to failure if my heart is in the work, but not in the business? Thanks so much, Dan. Tom. That's a great question, That's a great Tom. question, Tom. Thank you for writing. I, I hope I, you're making some gluten-free bread. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did say that, and I, I still absolutely stand by that, that you need to commit to something if you're going to do it. Uh, but what I, was, what I was saying about that is more along the lines of you can't do something that's just on the side. You, you, you will at some point either you'll, you'll be that other thing that you're doing as a side business will start to become, uh, it will start to take up more of your time and it will start to become something that you want to focus on in order for it to succeed at that next level. Like cork that I was talking about earlier, you will have to devote more and potentially a hundred percent of your time and uh, to that side thing, and it will then become the main thing. You can't have a job and a successful business at the same time. You can have a job and a business that is now successful, and you will need to make a choice. So just prepare yourself. You are going to have to make a choice between uh, am I going to keep my job or am I going to do business A and business B? As far as being committed to the idea of doing a business, yeah, you can't start a bakery or anything for that matter Unless you believe in in what you're doing and you believe that uh, that, that that you're going to succeed, what and, if, and you can't start a bakery, it sounds like what Tom's saying. Hattie. He wants to bake the bread, but he doesn't want to run the business. I understand that completely. Yeah, he's not interested in the business side of it, and I don't blame him. The business side That's of it, it sucks. Where I would say maybe he is the perfect candidate for having a business partner, someone that's mm-hmm. like, hey. I want to be in charge of all the day-to-day stuff. I want to like pick out the flowers and decide what kind of breads we're going to and like deal with the oven. Like that's what I want to do. I don't want to do the bookkeeping. I don't want to do like the hiring of the people. So guess what? I have hired this person who guess what? They love doing that. And they also may not know anything about bread. Like it, I think perfect candidate for business partner. I agree. I think that's a very interesting idea. But even if that's what he does, he's got to be committed to. Yeah, he. Does, it sounds like Tom just wants to work at a different place. He doesn't, Interesting. He doesn't really want to start a business. He doesn't want to have to worry. He wants to just be a bread baker at a different place. Right. He wants to bake bread, just not at that one bakery. <laughs> right. And so, like, should he go and start this as a business, maybe with a partner, the way Hattie suggested, or? Should you know he can't move? He's there for family reasons. I agree. He's got to get out. Yeah, that place is not good for you. No, you're actually you're one of I think one of the few people that we've heard from that is actually could be potentially physically in the way of harm. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, you've got to get out of there, no question. But I just don't believe you should start a biz. Now, I actually have a feeling that Tom would be really good, maybe better than he thinks. At running the bakery, and he might find that he's really good at doing it. 
But if he's just doing it because he, you know, like if the attitude is, I know how to run a bakery and I've always wanted to work at a bakery the way I would set it up. And it's always been my dream to have a bakery like this, but I don't hear him saying that. What I really hear him saying is I don't want to work here, but I'm a baker and I don't know how to do anything else but bake bread. So I guess I got to start my own bakery. Like that's going to, that's destined to fail. And you could say, well, what if this bakery is so awesome and it's like so much better than the other bakery. And like everyone goes to that bakery. Well, he's maybe he's got a fear of success. Maybe he doesn't want to be successful. He'd maybe just want to show up and bake bread. I don't know. The, my other idea that I just flew into my mind was, what if there's someone else out there, whether it's a, a chain yeah. or something else, where you, or like a, um, a small mom and pop shop that might have, oh, we're in Colorado. We have one in Boulder and one in Denver. Right. And then you live somewhere else and you're like, you know what? Like a Look, franchise. Right. And be like, I will run this bakery but like since that. you're the business person it's your business i'm just running the actual shop i like it it's what still about gonna be that? It's, i think it's a good idea it's just it's still gonna be on him it's still gonna be on him he's still gonna be the one who's locking up he's still gonna be one that has to order all the stuff but serve see, all I, the customers i hear get he all wants the to do that part he doesn't want to do any of the actual like behind the scenes like incorporate and yeah. like all that he that's well and that's the same thing i don't want to ever deal with yeah <laughs> Um, I think you'll be fine. His heart, his heart is in the work, but not in the business. See, back in his hometown for family reasons. Maybe start by just doing online bread sales. Make your mark, <laughs> and then you don't have to even deal with anything like that. What about that? I don't know. Do you think that selling stuff at a farmer's market is going to be a, enough of an income? That's his plan. His plan is cook it in my kitchen at home right. and take it to the farmer's market on Saturday. I think that's a it. good first step. <sighs> it's complicated. Because, see, it's almost hard for me to imagine because I want to start that. I want to go run his bread business. I know, but see. I'm already thinking of ways we could market it. I'm already thinking, right, what, what, like, would this be? chimp campaign. Yeah, would this, be like a, <laughs> would this be like an S-Corp or would we do it as like an LLC and see, which city is Tom, he in? And- you need to find someone like Dan, like that, like that's passionate about wanting to start that business aspect. And those people are out there. I think that there are. Plenty of people like that. And, and you know what they're often called? They're often called chefs because they love to cook. They love being around food. They love being in that environment and they can make something that's an, a, an edible masterpiece. But they don't, they don't want to you know, like run the back office. They don't want to worry about – they just want to walk into the kitchen and be like, where are our chickens? Oh, right here already deboned? Perfect. Now right, I'll go do my thing. Right, they're two separate jobs. Are there going to be enough? I, I'm, you know, the more yeah. I hear you talk about it, the more I think that's what he's got to do. Business partner. Find a business partner that's going to understand your vision and make it clear that, like, I'm, I've am i got the vision. I'm letting you run the part of it that I don't want to. I think, you know, like, I think be that's clear the only answer. That's, that's the my... only answer. I'm going to go with Hattie's answer on this. So we'll be back next week, though. Before the end of the year, we've got to do another one. Before the end of the year, I'm happy to do it. What day is New Year's? The first. Friday. Okay, so we'll... We've we, got plenty of time. We honey. will record before Friday, so we, we won't do time. a Friday quit. No, because that's New Year's Day, right. so we won't do it. But it'll be like a Thursday. Yeah.
Wednesday or Thursday. But I'll thank you all for listening. Go check out the sponsors. And uh, you can find Hattie. She's on Twitter at Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. And I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. A good way to send us questions is to go to 5x5.tv slash contact. You'll see quit listed there. Please send in your questions. I do read them all and I will get to them all. So that's the way to do it. So we get Eric to fix our Ansible. Then you can call back in again. But until then, I love getting the email. So keep them coming. Have a wonderful Christmas holiday if that's your thing. And a safe weekend if it's uh, not your thing. We'll see you next week. <laughs>